29th episode of the game podcast i'm your host jerry thompson here with me is michael majors and we have a pretty sick show i think we have two preview cards of our own from amonkhet and there have also been a lot of sweet things previewed since last week i'm currently at home but majors is in texas yeah i'm in uh, san antonio still from the grand prix we got an Airbnb for the week, and we're heading to Mexico City after this, so... I am on a laptop right now, which is kind of a, a throwback to my worst quality recording, so I do apologize for that. Okay, well, thankfully, the content is going to be great. Yeah, yeah, I think we, we got a lot of cool stuff to cover today. Last week, we we, we got into Amonkhet spoilers with, like, Cory Bringer and the Archfiend, but... We're, we're kind of getting into the, the meat and potatoes, so to speak. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. This is the meat right here. So are, are you ready? Should we get into our first card? Yeah, let's do it. This may sound like hyperbole. I don't think it is. I think this is going to be one of the most impactful cards from the set. You agree or disagree? I agree. And Thank, a, thank a, you. A, a big, <laughs> no problem. <laughs> and, a, and a big part of that actually is probably an element of this card that most people won't see on first reading and something that we didn't realize either. Yep, I did not. So the card is called Manglehorn. It is 2G for a 2-2. When Manglehorn enters the battlefield, you may destroy target artifact, and artifacts your opponent's control enter the battlefield tapped, and it's a beast, in case we have any ravenous Baelaw shenanigans going on. So, Uktabi Orangutan Plus. We're, we're kind of used to these effects, because, like, Release of Gremlins has been a really popular sideboard card in Standard, and, and obviously a card like this is just generically good right now, because there's so many artifacts floating around, vehicles especially. What, what makes this special, Jerry? So, it is the second part of the text. Artifacts your opponent's control enter the battlefield tap. You might look at that and it's like, do, do I care if they're like scrap heap scrounger ETBs tapped? Like, I guess it can't crew that turn, right? But, fun fact, Sahili Rai turns things into artifacts. Yes, so Manglehorn is a kind of a, a built-in hate card, piece of interaction, and a means to stop the Sahili Rai combo. So you blow a part of Kirin... You stop the Sahili Rai combo. This card is nice. Yeah, it's it's very good. Also, you know, it's a it's a creature. You can build our guardian it and do your own yeah, thing. Yeah, that's the other thing that's kind of silly. It's like, oh man, it's good against the Felidar combo, but it's also it helps protect the Felidar combo from things like Heart of Kirin. So, I, I think this card is just going to be a lot of play in different places, and it's going to be very very good. Yeah, this is this is a main deck card unless Amonkhet changes things significantly, which. I think everyone would be fine with, and in which case, whatever, you know, we'll happily live in our new world, right? But un unless things change significantly and, and people just stop playing, like, Heart of Kirin and the combo, which I highly doubt, like, this this is definitely a main deck card, and it's one of those cards where it's like, okay, green creature deck, I'm not sure where this exactly slots in, but we're gonna find a place. Yeah, definitely. And and, and kind of what you were talking about previously, it's like, sure, Amonkhet with, and, and I fully welcome this, of course, like, if Amonkhet really does slow down standard because of, like, the movement towards things like cycling and embalm and these kind of, like, late game mechanics, for lack of a better word, that's great. But also, you know, you can just play this three mana creature in your main deck and have game against both Mardu and Sahili, so that's awesome. This is the exact type of card that I think people were waiting for and. Like, Verder's Gear Hulk obviously plays pretty nice with this, where it's just like, this is a body that is just fine, you know, and then that's like the green creature deck, right? And that deck was okay, but not great. And now there are a lot of discard things, like the Archfiend of Ifnir. You know, maybe you have, like, Noose Constrictor in that thing or something. Like, there are just, like, a lot of different ways you can actually build the deck, I think. This card has, like, a lot of impact in various different shells and fighting against different decks. But it's also not just, like, this outrageous pile of stats, which is kind of something we're used to seeing. Like, this is just, like, a fine magic card that is not, like, incredibly pushed by itself. Yep, absolutely. And when we were talking about this card, you brought up the fact that it's, like, a two-pronged hate card, which I really like. It's one thing to just, like, blow up all their artifacts, right? But it's another thing to just be, like, hating on a different side of them, where maybe it is, like you're slowing down, like, the Hedron Archives of the world or whatever it is, right? But it's, like, it is clear that Uktabi Orangutan was not nearly enough. Like, we already have released the Gremlins. It's, like, you know, the card could have been pushed a couple different ways and maybe it would have been with more stats, but instead they chose to go with this other approach, and I think it ended up just being a happy accident. 
Yeah, that, that might be true. I mean, we're, we're, we're seeing some trends. Like, I think, you know, Wizards is more interested in, like, making people play off balance rather than, like, not allowing them to actually execute. Like, Thalia, Heretic Cathar is a really great comparison of this card. It's like, Absolutely. You still get, like, your creatures enter the battlefield and your lands enter the battlefield, but, like, them doing so tapped is really annoying and it's a huge cost and it can be just enough for, like, the white aggressive deck to get over the finish line. And I think any kind of, like, replication of that effect is cool. Yeah, so it's not a hate bear. It's it's like a kind of annoying bear type thing, yeah. <laughs> which I think is good as as long as it's like not only annoying you in one way, right? Like yeah, like you said, Thalia is a great example because it is creatures and and non basics, right? So it's, it's this two pronged thing. Banglehorn is doing pretty much the same thing, where it's like slowing you down, stopping your combo, or just blowing up one of your better cards. So I am really happy with this card and seeing this card just it makes me so excited for the future yep definitely agree it's huge huge like win of blending elements of magic is about creatures and getting on the battlefield now but you also need like meaningful ways to interact we've seen a movement away from like you know the hate cards like celestial purge that are very in your face and this is a lot more subtle similar to thalia like we were just talking about so i think this card is just awesome on multiple levels Maybe not the flashiest card in the set, maybe not the most powerful, but if the format stays like anywhere close to where it was for the last couple months, then this card is going to be huge. Yep, totally agree. I'm really excited that it's going to be a part of Omnicad. It is an uncommon, which I think I failed to notice. I suck at this. <laughs> yeah. We'll get better over time as hopefully we get more previews, right? Ah, uh, solid. Uh, maybe they'll really take that to heart. Yeah, maybe. Maybe we'll see. It is kind of simple, right? But, like, do we have anything else to talk about with that card specifically? I mean, I think we just want to kind of note that the implications here are not just, like, us hyping the fact that this is the preview card we got. Like, I, I think we both strongly agree that Manglehorn is, like, going to actually change things. Absolutely. I can't stress that enough. Like, if, if we had this card a month ago, the format would be different. Just straight up. It would be different. You, you could not build your Mardu decks the same way. You could not build your Sahili decks the same way. It's possible that this would have added another layer to black-green that they needed, and maybe that would have been a third deck, and maybe this would have spawned other decks. But there are also, like, a bunch of new cards in the set, and uh, I made a list of, like, 12 cards that I wanted to talk about, and that's not even all of them. So the set is shaping up to be pretty nice so far. Yep. Kind of more of a herald to the... Well, maybe besides a couple cards that we're obviously going to talk about, but more of the, like, subtle powerful than in-your-face powerful, which I always appreciate. Yeah, me too. We got we got some thinkers. But then we also have, like, cast out, so, <laughs> you <Yeah>. know. <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there. All right. Second preview card. Is the last one a 10? Is Manglehorn a 10? As far as, like, just making me feel good about a new card being introduced to Magic, yes. Okay, what is this one? Like, like a six and a half for me. Okay, I'm like I'm like a seven or an eight, but I'm more partial to these cards than you are. All right, so this card is a reprint, and I think it's a great reprint. It is Magma Spray. So R, instant, Magma Spray deals two damage to target creature. If that creature would die this turn, exile it instead, and it's a common. Pretty cool that it fights the Amonkhet mechanic of Embalm, and it seems like Embalm is, so far at least, mostly on smaller creatures. Uh, so Magma Spray is going to tag this, but the thing that I'm most excited about is this is just a clean answer to Scrap Heap Scrounger. Yes, that, that is something that, you know, control decks desperately needed. Huge disparity in the games where a Mardu opponent draws one or two Scrap Heap Scroungers versus not doing so. Some would even argue that it was borderline oppressive because it's so difficult to answer cleanly, and it also turns on the deck's mechanics. I think, I think Magma Spray is a very innocent card to have in standard that cleans up problems, and it kind of just... Once again, like, uh, aligns with, like, you know, you have a variety of answers that are similar-ish, but one is better for a different scenario, so you actually have to make choices in deck building. Yeah, this is beautiful. I, I wanted to talk about this, because Shock is a card that exists, right? But it's like, for me, Shock seems like a potentially more proactive card, whereas Magma Spray is strictly reactive. So you're going to see Magma Spray in a lot of more controly or mid-range decks than Shock would be. Yeah, you have the similar effect, but it's good in different places. And, like, you know, Shock is insulation against the Sahili combo, so you kind of have to make a choice of, like, where you need to shore up your matchups, so it's definitely interesting. Yeah. For, like, the issues of last format, it was like, okay, Mardu and the Sahili combo are far and away the best things you could be doing. 
people try and play black green, they try and play control. Both of those decks had issues. And now control has an answer to the card that black green decks were like sideboarding this card against control decks. Like it was it was one of the best things that they could be doing. Or they were sideboarding Scrap Heap Scrounger. That was one of the best things they could be doing. And now we actually have counterplay to these things. I imagine that, you know, things will be a little bit better at least from here on out. You know, I, I was never excited about Teamer Tower or whatever. I just thought it had some inherent weaknesses, but Manglehorn and Magma Spray are, are two cards that legitimately like answer a lot of that deck's problems. Yep, absolutely. But we also have new cards to build around. We do. Yeah, I, I, I certainly don't want to just you know default to the, the the three decks that we the world we live in currently because hopefully things will be different and I, and I believe they will be. Yeah. So first one, uh, awkwardly enough, potentially goes right into Mardu. I guess. <laughs> it certainly might. Uh, we have our first Planeswalker, Gideon of the Trials. It is uh, one dub-dub, three loyalty, plus one until your next turn, prevent all damage target permanent would deal. So you get to stop the Heart of Kirin, which is kind of sweet. Zero until end of turn, Gideon of the Trials becomes a 4-4 human soldier creature with indestructible, that's still a Planeswalker, prevent all damage that we would be dealt to him this turn. And another zero... You get an emblem with, as long as you control a Gideon Planeswalker, you can't lose the game, and your opponents can't win the game. Obviously, the turn Gideon into a creature is something we've seen for a long time. That's kind of just like an iconic part of Gideon. His plus ability is really interesting, because we're kind of used to Planeswalkers defending themselves with making creature tokens. Like, that's very common. Yeah. This is kind of reminiscent of, like, Kiora the Crashing Wave, but it also, like you said, can defend against, like, any permanent. So weirdo stuff, like maybe Valakit or Vehicles is, is obviously going to be the, the main one in Standard. But I guess you can actually plus on your opponent's Gideon of Ally of Zendikar and then they can assassinate this, which is kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, this th- this thing protects itself really well. This could also just be like a control card too, where you get to play this, kind of buffer your life total a little bit, force them to overextend, and then you can just like catch them with a sweeper too. This one is pretty interesting. And just like three mana as a 4-4 four four is not bad at all. And the I, emblem, I don't think, is great in standard, but for modern, that seems, like, pretty absurd. Yeah, that was the, the first thing that we were talking about in the house when we woke up and everybody was you know, looking at the new spoilers. This is a card that protects you against, like, modern combo decks and kills them for three mana. Yeah, that is sick. Out of a white card. Yeah, like, you know, if you just want to build, like, your blue-white control deck. Like, it's pretty easy to protect this thing. Just make sure it never dies because there's not that many cards to do it. And then you just plus and kill your opponent. Yeah, that's just absurd. Zero, I guess, excuse me. Yeah. Like, this card is definitely well-statted enough. It it is good enough to see plain standard. I don't know if it's... I I doubt it's better than Ally of Zendikar, but, like, I think most decks could use more Gideons, you know? (laughs) I mean, I I don't even... I mean, of course you directly compare them because they're going to kind of sit on top of each other being like you know mid-range white cards well no it's it's just when you sit down to build your marty vehicles deck like how many gideons can you play that's my issue oh it's certainly a a reasonable question and i I don't know well first of all it costs three mana and with the plus ability i think it's basically impossible for this to ever die on turn four the things would have to drastically speed up right yeah like you would have to be facing like two creatures when you play this for that to even happen you have to be on the draw basically and have to be play, on the draw, not have a two drop. And if and if you've played nothing until Gideon, and you're on the draw, then maybe it's like being threatened. But I think that's about the only scenario. Yeah, that sounds about right. I I mean it it is less powerful I think than Ally of Zendikar, but definitely still good and is likely going to slot into a lot of the same places that Ally of Zendikar would. But it's also a controlly card. It is just a different card. Period. And I think it's like implications in Eternal Formats is very different from the average standard Planeswalker that gets printed these days. Absolutely. It's also worth noting that it's a three mana card instead of a four mana card. So if there is a deck that has a glut of four mana cards that would otherwise play Ally of Zendikar, they don't have to. Like they could just play this instead to meet their Gideon quota. <laughs> just every every deck has some kind of Gideon quota. Well, you know, anything that has white mana, I think probably does at this point. I'm not sure if I want this card to exist right now, but I do think it's a really cool Planeswalker design, so I I guess I'm thumbs up on this. Well, I got curious, and I checked the pre-order price on Star City, and it is $49.99. I think that's kind of normal. People get pretty overhyped on Planeswalkers in general, and obviously 
maybe people assume that Gideon Allies in a card is going to get banned because this card exists. I don't necessarily think that's the case, but maybe that's the logic people have. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> like, what if, what if Ally of Zendikar did get banned, right? And then you just have this Gideon instead? It's like, how much worse is that? Like, obviously, the other one is, you know, far and away, I think, more powerful. Like, decides more games, influences, like, who's favored play draw and stuff like that a lot more than this one would. Is it really that much worse, you know? Like, your deck is still powerful, I mean, certainly not substantially. Like, you could just turn into a world where you have turn three, getting into the trials, turn four, Chandra, Torture Defiance, and that's still yeah. hard to beat. That's a good example, because Mardu could definitely play, like, Chandra or even Nahiri, but they didn't because they already had Gideon, right? So you can certainly yeah. switch things up. And they, they might just go, like, more full-blown Planeswalker control now that they can actually, like, effectively curve them. And maybe, like, Heart of Kieran is seeing more pressure because of, like, Manglehorn and other stuff. yeah. I mean, you could, like, Oath of Chandra into this, into Chandra, and take out, like, their first two threats and have another one in a bubble. Yep, that's a lot of pressure. So, well, yeah, okay. I mean, I, I think this card is super cool, really interesting Planeswalker design, but I'm kind of skeptical. But I, I like the card. I'm not sure I yeah. enjoy the implications that it has. Well, we'll see. We'll see. That's that's your job to, you know, change the paradigm, alter the format and how people think about it. All, all you got to do is break it, Majors. That's it. Yeah, it's all, all anyone ever has to do, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, as far as things with implications, how do you feel about this cycle of dual lands that have cycling? I mean, I think they're awesome and I love them, but they are also overhyped. I think that the temples were considerably more powerful lands, and people probably just didn't realize it at the time. Yeah, but. absolutely. Uh, I don't. I don't think it's particularly close. I do think the temples are much better. I mean, it's it's also great that they're just the basic land types right so they work with like smoldering marsh and stuff yeah or uh no well they work with foreboding runes like that cycle oh yeah okay the smoldering marsh specifically says basic right okay but but so, it, yeah. it does synchronize with one of the land cycles in standard which is great yeah yeah that's not bad i don't know back in my day i played salt marsh we had to play salt marsh it was all we were given and we were happy with it yeah and there's there's no shame in that but the world is very different it is. It's a little faster. It's a little faster. It's going to be interesting to see how much cycling is just like a value add versus like an actual build around. Uh, I think, you know, 95% of the time it, it is probably just going to be a value add. I agree, but I, I do have my eye on one Drake Haven because that card is super nice. I generally like those cards a little too much. Oh, me too. I mean, I, I hesitate to say that they're traps in general, but yeah, they're, they're kind of traps. I don't know if there's going to be, like, enough cycling in this block as there is, or as there was in Onslaught block. I don't know. I mean, as, I, we, we don't know, like, honestly, but... We don't, we don't. As far as, like, playable cards, right? Just, like, things that you would happily play anyway. Well, this seems like a, as good a time as anyway to segue into Cast Out. Well, let me let me talk about Drakehaven. So Drakehaven is a 2U enchantment. Whenever you three, cycle three. or discard a card, you may pay one. If you do, create a 2-2 blue Drake creature with flying. So... This is or discard, which is it certainly makes it a lot better. Oh yeah, I mean we're I'm, I got news constrictor decks ready to go. Oh shit, it does only cost three. I thought it cost four. Oh, so it's even better. Yes, yeah, so you're just completely on board now. Yeah, there's no hesitation now. And also, you know, back in the day when we were building like astral slide lightning rifts, we had eight total payoffs. So if you only have four payoffs, obviously you need to find something else to do. And you know, the set is how many cards deep at this point? Eighty. Out of 269, plus the two that we just previewed. Yep, I mean, I mean that's that's definitely a great point. Also, like, you know, your generic cards that you're playing with these days are also much better. So if you don't draw your, your payoffs, like, you're still playing Magic, presumably. Right. Okay, so now we can talk about Cast Out, which is three dub, enchantment, flash. When Cast Out enters the battlefield, exile target non-land permanent and opponent controls until Cast Out leaves the battlefield and has cycling for dub. So flash, banishing light, that also has cycling. Yeah, I would be pretty surprised if this isn't, like, if not the best card in the set, the top five cards in the set. Dude, I, I just I just shot-called Manglehorn as, like, the most impactful card. You can't do this to me. There's a difference between the most impactful and the best. Oh, well, I don't, I don't know that this card would be the best anyway. But this is definitely something that people have been asking for for a very long time. Yeah, I mean, I, I just think this card is filthy. Like, the fact that there's virtually no opportunity cost for putting it in your deck because it can cycle for a single mana. Plus, it is like a super clean answer, which is something that we've just needed for a long time, like you said. And it has flash. Yeah, I have not seen a cycling for one mana 
on on a lot of these cards, you know? Like it is clear that this thing is pushed. Yeah. It's it's pretty rare. I think there are three of them so far. Between this and whatever cycling land you play and maybe like renewed faith or whatever, like you got you got a lot of free instances of cycling. Yeah, so this is why I'm I'm pretty interested in Drake Haven is because like you get to play forecast out and it's like a privilege to play with forecast out. It's not a cost. Absolutely. That's kind of what I'm worried about is like how many cards like this are there going to be and like how many how many rewards are there going to be for like actually cycling and we'll find out and it's possible that there might just be enough to build a deck and if so that'll be awesome. Yep, I agree. And in the meantime, anyone else basically gets like their pseudo vindicate that they wanted. To me, it's like totally fine. I mean, and we kind of talked about this over the last couple weeks. Like, it's fine that the answers are super pushed. And and then this card is fairly expensive. Like, let's not like act like it's not four mana to answer a permanent, especially a planeswalker that's going to generate value that turn enters the battlefield. Like, even though you've effectively removed it on the same turn, probably because you have flash, they still are up a knight or whatever. So yeah, it's not the best thing ever. Right, and a lot of the ways you come back from that are being able to double spell. This is gonna kind of get in the way of being able to do that, but. Yeah, just having flash and cycling, it like the it is a more versatile version of this card. Like, there have definitely been plenty of games I played with like you know three banishing lights or oblivion rings in my hand against like a nearly permanentless deck or like you know you're missing land drops or whatever. Like this card is very versatile and it's going to help you out. But it is it is kind of clunky, but it's worth it. Yes, exactly. Like it it is the only like class of this kind of card that you could ever play four of in your deck. Realistically, I think. Yeah, I mean, without cycling, this this would be a fine two of, I think. Or maybe a card that you board in, like, Mardu or something. But cycling is a game changer. It's awesome. Really, really happy that they got printed. Me too. So, yet another card that is very good at answering cards and will hopefully allow things to get a little bit better. You ready to talk about the new gods? The one true god. Well, uh, there's there's no purpose, <laughs> let me tell you. But but I, I do think Hazaret is quite good. Okay, Hazret the Fervent, 3R, 5-4, Legendary Creature, God, Indestructible, Haste, Hazret the Fervent, can't attack or block unless you have one or fewer cards in hand, 2R, discard a card, Hazret deals two damage to each opponent. Is this an overhyped Lupine prototype? Uh, well, I actually don't really have a good uh, grasp of how well this card is hyped right now, so you can tell me. The pre-order was five bucks. That seems reasonable. It's mythic. Oh, yeah, that's probably pretty low. I actually think this card is like very good, and it's it's not really that hard to turn it on if you're actually building your deck around it. Like, yeah, yeah, we have madness. Like, we have lightning axe. Like, we can make it happen. We got Nahiri's wrath. News construction. Oh yeah, yeah, man. I I am all about this card. And also, it's it's its ability is like legitimately good. I agree. Like this thing can deal you a lot of damage in a two turn cycle. You know. Now, granted, it's it, you know it's been a while. People probably ha- don't really remember Hero of Oxid Ridge and Hellrider that much, but those cards are are pretty damn good. I think Stormbreath Dragon was the one where it's like, oh, you know, this lasting impact or whatever. But the four mana haste creatures—that's where it's at. Yeah, exactly. I also really—it seems like they they cleaned up the design on. Uh, obviously, these are super reminiscent of the Theros gods for you know many many reasons, but the the way it's it's templated, I think it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. For example, it, yeah, it yeah. can't attack or block. It is still technically a creature. You can still cast it out if I'm using it as a madness outlet or to turn on my Drake Haven or whatever. So I do like this card a lot. I don't think it's a card that you'll necessarily be attacking with on turn four very often unless you have something like News Constrictor. So it's probably not a four of in a lot of these decks. But for for something like Red Black Aggro, like the deck that we worked on a couple seasons ago, this this seems like the new build around to me. Yep, I already I posted a deck list today with some Bloodhall Priests and some Hazarets and some Flameblade Adepts, which I'm sure we'll get to in just a moment. Oh yeah, that's that's the next card. Those These two cards go hand in hand. So Flameblade Adept is R, 1, 2, Menace. Whenever you cycle or discard a card, Flameblade Adept gets plus 1, plus 0 until end of turn, and it's a cute little Jackal Warrior. <laughs> it's adorable. You probably agree. We haven't actually talked about this yet, but I think this card, to most people, probably looks pretty bad on the surface, but is actually very good. What is your opinion? I agree that R12 is not very exciting, but I've seen enough Monastery Swift Spears and, like, Inventor's Apprentices and stuff where it's like, yeah, this card is, is clearly meant to be playable, so then it's like, okay, 
it doesn't look super exciting to me. It's like, oh, maybe you trigger it like once a turn or like twice on a big turn, but in the meantime, you're only chipping them for one. But then you start thinking about things like Noose Constrictor, and it's like, this just like double fireball, right? Like, if you play this into Noose Constrictor, they might just die. Yep. Also, just Menace is a pretty underrated ability, I think. Like, it, it's not too hard to connive a situation where this is assassinating Gideon Allies in the car. Oh, yeah. Like this, this plus a shock is like probably good enough if you do a little bit of work. Yeah, I mean, but. you could just, like, Lightning Axe, a Fiery Temper, and that does it. That kills one of their blockers and gets in the rest or whatever. And that's, that's like, maybe the worst-case scenario for you. Or, like, one of the, the more difficult ways to do it. Yep. Like, I, I think this card is powerful, but, you know, it forces you to work a little bit and pushes you into this theme of where the aggressive red decks are going with, like, Madness Outlets and Cycling and various discard stuff, Fiery Temper, Lightning Axe, what have you. I don't know. I, I think it's cool. We've needed a red aggro deck for so long. Yeah, and I'd, I'd rather the powerful red cards be about, like, some kind of, like, thematic synergy deck than just brute force, so I'm yeah. fine. Yeah, Goblin Guides and Stagger Shocks and all that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm down with this. I like I like synergy. I like having, you know, choices. I like having those choices matter. And uh, both Flameblade Adept and Hazaret both are like, okay, you know, like, I'm interested in this. I don't normally gravitate towards red aggro decks, but, like, these two cards are interesting enough where I'm like, this is pretty interesting. I want to do this. And, uh, you know, obviously I got to get my boy Lupine Prototype one more last hurrah. Obviously. Yeah, I mean, we got to make it happen. Got to. Tried. It wasn't good enough, but I got a feeling. I was going to ask, like, normally these red decks have two different one-drops, right? And that's kind of what makes them work. So, Flameblade Adept currently doesn't have a really good friend, right? There are other options, but I think those have been proven, like, pretty ineffectual. Except for uh, Inventor's Apprentice, right? So, it's like, you're definitely looking for a mini artifact cycle next to all this stuff, right? Oh yeah, I mean we're we're definitely interested in like key to the city and unlicensed integration. Those cards are great. Okay, yeah, I think we're on the same page then. That's that's basically what my article is about this week. So, and then Noose Constrictor. Do you think do you think Arlen Court is good enough? Is there going to be like a red green deck? I you know I, I would love to, to live in a world where Arlen Court was good enough, but it's just always disappointed me every time I try to play with her. I know, but I think partly because the early drops were not that good in red green. Certainly some of the issue is, like, with herself, right? Yeah. No, I'm, I'm yeah, definitely I mean, down to try to give her one last hurrah. We'll see. Prototype, Arlen Cord, let's do it. Maybe not in the same deck, but, you know. I, I had more of a teamer sketch in my article today involving all that stuff. Fancy. All right, well, other red aggro card that caught my eye that I guess you missed. I did. On Crop Crasher, 2R, 3-2 Haste. Uh, you may exert this as it attacks. When you do, target creature can't block this turn. So, kind of goblin heal cuttery, but I th like three mana, three two haste is just good. Yeah, I think this card is. I'm not. I'm not gonna say it's better than heal cutter, but heal cutter kind of only played one way, and this card is a little bit more versatile. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, heal cutter being able to like hit the mark every turn was so brutal, but th this is basically the same thing. Yeah, I mean, this is obviously way, way better just as, like, an individual threat, whereas Heal Cutter, like, kind of needed to combine with your initial battlefield position to really do messed up things. And you didn't necessarily want to dash Heal Cutter on three because then you just end up with a bunch of cards in your hand that go unused, uh, whereas this is just fine to deploy and then it's just something that sits there and threatens them. Yep, uh, I think this card is very good and probably will go a little bit under the radar initially, but it's it's going to be awesome. Yeah. Now, this this seems like the card that maybe people miss, but actually defines the archetype, you know? Yeah, I agree with that. I, I would be really, really surprised if it wasn't in every single aggressive red deck sideboard. I, I, I just think it's a main deck card. Oh, yeah. I, I certainly see that world existing, too. But. Uh, what about the other god? There's only two that have been previewed so far, correct? Yes. Unless, you know, we're just completely out of the loop, and that would be pretty embarrassing. Yeah, while, while we were recording this, people <laughs> yeah. just went ham. So this one is Kefnet the Careful to you, uh, legendary creature god, flying, indestructible. This can't attack or block unless you have seven or more cards in hand. Uh, three you, draw a card, then you may return a land you control to its owner's hand, and it's a 5-5. Five five. So this one is a little interesting. I think it's just bad, to be honest. How do you how do you keep seven cards in your hand? Yeah, I think it's basically impossible. I, I could see this being like a pretty powerful 
you know, engine card and like a control mirror sideboard. But outside of that application, it's just kind of impossible to not deploy your stuff whenever you can these days. So Hazret is a thing that we look at and it's like, oh, I was already kind of trying to do this with like Lupine prototype and all the madness stuff. So it's like, we can make a deck around this. We have the tools. And with Kefnet, it's like, all right, I don't know exactly what you want me to be doing. Like, how am I supposed to keep seven cards in my hand? I don't know. I assume that, the, like, there's a way, right? Like, maybe it's it's like the trials and the the auras, the cartouches, cartouches, I don't know. Yeah, and, and like, th- this is kind of, maybe it sounds silly or whatever, but, like, a 5-5 Indestructible Flyer is a way worse payoff for jumping through hoops, whereas, like, a five-power indestructible haste creature is, is actually just killing your opponent. I, I mean, this this just seems like a, a longer game card, right? Which is kind of weird, because it is a five-five flyer, which should just kill them pretty quickly. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's it's just, it's definitely no Thassa. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, the red one is, like, the Thassa, it seems like. Yeah. Like, the, 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 the best part about the old gods is that it kind of constricted the game and, like, made it all about the gods whenever they're online and they killed your opponent very quickly or, or accrued a massive advantage in the case of, like, Erbos. I don't know. Hazard does kill your opponent very quickly. It does seem very powerful, whereas Kefnet's, like, I guess you accrue some card advantage and then you have this 5-5 flyer and maybe that's good, but I, I just don't see it. Seven is just so much. I don't know. Yeah, it feels, I mean, maybe, like, five is too little like I'm, I'm i'm sure maybe playtesting started like five or six right well what what happens when you're on the draw and you just play this on turn three as your first spell it's just active on four you know like yeah i mean that that's certainly you know pushing it towards being too powerful i agree with that yeah so i kind of get it but i wonder like what sort of you know like hazard has a lot of things where it's like please cycle me or like please discard other cards alongside me right whereas this is like is there just going to be stuff that like draws you a bunch of cards or like bounces your lands or whatever it's going to be you know like i I would assume that there would be some cards that work well with this yeah i I agree with that but the reality is like you probably have to make some sacrifices and and, like actually put subpar cards in your deck to turn this on whereas obviously hazard just is you know deploy all the spells that you want to play anyways we'll see we'll see yeah, we. I mean, we could be wrong, but I'm just I'm not a I'm not a fan so far. Yeah, a, as is, I have no idea like where it would fit in or how you would even keep seven cards in your hand aside from its ability, which is like ponderously slow. Yeah, I'm not about it right now, but like Thassa did not oppress me at first glance either. Obviously, different cards and whatnot, but it's like the the gods are tricky. Yeah, I think like maybe if, for example, like the the templating on this card for me to think like okay, this might be very powerful, but it's like still like tricky to play with is if its ability was, like, two-mana draw a card and you have to bounce a land. Because yeah, then, like, well, you're not necessarily, like, getting anywhere, but you do get this thing online pretty easily. Yeah. All right. We ready for another card that could potentially be very good? Are we talking about Renewed Faith yet? Because that's, that's no. what I'm excited for. No, we mentioned it earlier, so I just deleted it off my list. Oh, man, but I love Renewed Faith. Okay, we, well, I'll add that at the end. Did you know that you gain two life when you draw a card? I did know that. So much value. Maybe we'll come back to it. Watchers <laughs> of the Dead... There's not really that much to add, but... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Watchers of the Dead, artifact creature, cat, two mana. Exile, Watchers of the Dead. Each opponent chooses two cards in his or her graveyard, exiles the rest, and it's a 2-2. God, like, is this even good graveyard hate? Uh, it depends on what you're trying to accomplish. Like, it is pretty good against, like, Delirium. It could is be it? potentially good against, like, Dredge, because... You know, maybe on turn five they have like all of their stuff, so they have to like choose between keeping like their amalgams or their dredgers so they can keep going again. And it is cheap and anyone can play it, and it does have, you know, secondary uses other than just exiling graveyards, so it is interesting. I'm not sure that it's, you know, super powerful. God, I feel like they have like a walking ballista or a verderous gear hulk and like another card and they just like get delirium again immediately. Like it being a creature that sacrifices to do this, I think is awesome. I think that's great. And yeah, that everyone can play it is great, but it just, it doesn't seem like it's ever really going to help. It's never going to get the thing that you want. Yeah. I mean, I I think like I, like I was just saying, it's good at fighting certain types of graveyard strategies, but obviously it's like not going to bust up the snapcasters of the world or the reanimators of the world. Hopefully there's something else. We'll see. I don't know. I could see it being like, a pretty good sideboard card and limited if your opponent's like heavy embalm and you know you get to play this on like turn five and eliminate a lot of their resources but not all of them and it's still a bear who knows 
they get to keep two things with Embalm. How many could they have? I don't know, man. Maybe they're super Embalm flooded. They just have all Embalm creatures and all split cards, and you just rack up massive amounts of value. Yeah, who knows? I mean, it's just a two-mana 2-2. Two -two. It's, like, not a huge cost. It's not a huge cost, but I do think that, like, this type of card is going to trick people into putting it in their decks and, like, bringing it in in certain spots and, like, using it in certain spots and... It's just not going to be doing the job that they want it to. I, I certainly agree that it is a possibility, but it doesn't strike me as like as weak of a, of, as a card that you seem to be implying. I don't think it's just like the weakest thing of all time. Or like the floor is that it's a grizzly bear, which is completely serviceable. It's just disappointing. We had to live through like rally and all that nonsense, and it's like this is the first like reasonable graveyard hate card that we get, and it's just not there. I mean, there is a. The new, I mean, it, I think it got spoiled literally in between me last talking to you and then us getting on to do here. Scarab Feast is pretty sweet. Uh, I'm not sure that I have seen this. Okay, this is a B and oh. exile up to three target cards from a single graveyard and has cycling for B. Yep, I did not see that card. I think I had the same tab open from this morning. Obviously, it's, it is a very linear card. It's just a graveyard hate card. The fact that you can cycle it for B and it's also very cheap to cast, I think this is a pretty solid card to have. Yeah, this card is what's up. This this card is, like, the graveyard hate that we deserve, for sure. I, I basically it's, appreciate any, like, hyperlinear card and that has cycling for the cheap, so. Yeah. Oh, this card's great. I love it. Thank there you, you for, for it being an instant and not, like, a sorcery or some crap, you know? Like, no, this is great. <laughs> putting Putting those kinds of crappy restrictions on your cards that are already, like, only have a singular purpose is just brutal. Yeah, this card is it's 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 not perfect, but this is this is it. You know, this this might have been like all we needed back in the day, right? For sure. So I'm in. I'm happy. Okay, thank you. I'm 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 sorry, Watcher Cats. <laughs> I'll leave you alone now. <laughs> just just let them do their thing. Yeah, you you two just chill. All right, Temet, Vizier of Nactamoon. Probably butchered that horribly. I think that's good enough. It is a two-two. For U-Dub, it is a legendary creature human cleric. At the beginning of combat on your turn, target creature token you control gets plus one, plus one until end of turn and can't be blocked this turn. And it embalms for three U-Dub. I like this card. I think it's cool. Obviously kind of draws some direct parallels to like Exalted. And the fact that embalm abilities are tokens is obviously the synergy here. Like this, this card by itself is is a bear with an ability that could be relevant just on any tokens you have lying around. But later in the game, you can just embalm itself, and then it turns into a three three unblockable just through its own ability. So I like this yeah. card. Can't be blocked, man. That ability is good. Yeah, and I, actually, I think probably doesn't get enough credit. Like it, it is no. actually just just sick. it's just it's not on a lot of cards. It's not in enough spaces. This is like the card that pe like might finally get people to be like oh this is a real thing i mean it, it literally doesn't get any better and it's it can be like borderline oppressive if it's put on the wrong card so i don't yeah. i don't think it's an example of that for for instance but this card is powerful yep i don't know what's gonna happen with like the blue white tokens deck or whatever like obviously this card needs a little bit more help but it seems like with this thing existing they kind of want it to be a thing so we shall see i am watching I agree. It doesn't take more than a couple turns for the, the chip damage of even your 1-1 becoming a 2-2 unblockable starts adding up. Oh, yeah. And just like your Planeswalkers are never safe and whatever. The Night Ally tokens are going to be getting in there. Don't you worry. Yeah, yeah. All the, <laughs> all the issues stem from Gideon. <laughs> well, how do you feel about Essence Scatter? Oh, I was, I was still kind of fantasizing about the world where uh, my Sahili Rai token is unblockable and oh come the, on the filthy things that can be doing with that well it's gonna easy be tapped anyway so it's fine <laughs> sure <laughs> yeah essence scatter is just a fine honest card and probably should have always been in standard i think yeah i love it i'm so glad um maybe they disagree because like essence scatter has the potential to kind of trump generic five drop creatures but there's still a huge tension between like having to play this card in your deck and like your opponent just once again, jamming a Gideon under it. Yeah, and I, I think that's why this card is safe, because not only is there Gideon, but there are also vehicles. Worth noting is that it does hit gods. Yep. So that's kind of like this weirdo, hard-to-deal-with permanent type that Essence Scatter actually tags. So that's pretty important. Yeah, and that's that's probably legitimately the reason it exists now. 
Yeah, and then, you know, probably the reason for a cast out to some degree also. It's like we actually have answers to these things now, which is pretty great. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm always down for them introducing interesting new types that don't just die to removal spells as long as there are some, you know, fail-safes. Okay, got a couple cards left. Well, I, I guess we can talk about Renewed Faith. I'll just let you go on, like, a five-minute rant. Maybe I'll run to the bathroom or something. No, I mean, that's... You, know, you, you cycle it, you draw a card, and you gain two life. It's pretty dope. Pretty pretty underrated, the fact that you can swing races or just kind of change the dynamics of the game by actually hardcasting this. I think people kind of underestimate gaining life, especially back in the day when Renewed Faith came out in Onslaught, but I think people have a little bit more respect for it now. But in like my mid-range E, more slanting towards control decks, like I always legitimately want some sort of source of life gain in my deck because it, like it actually just makes the game safe to play once you've stabilized so right my favorite thing about this card back in the day was definitely hard casting it not not you know every time or whatever but it's like when the situations did come up and it was great it was so satisfying because there's like no other card that could save you in those spots and you're never going to play that card in your deck but now you just can exactly like you're, you're never trying to play nourish but like if you just have split card nourish in your deck that's awesome hell yeah i guess one of the dangers with these cycling cards is that people will probably overplay them Yes, I, I definitely foresee situations where people are kind of initially registering, like, just a bunch of air. It's like, oh, Marty Vehicles, now with Renewed Faith, and it's like, no, like, it's sort of free, but it's not really free. You can't put it in every spot or in every in every deck. Like, there is definitely a cost, and you have to show some restraint. Yeah, I mean, I think there will be decks that, like, or, or people, I should say, they're going to play Forecast Out and their Marty Vehicles deck, and that's probably not right. I concur. I'm down to sideboard some renewed face, so that sounds awesome. Especially if you're getting like glory bringered. If, if the threats are, are more pivoted towards like the glory bringers of the world, four fours versus like the verger gear hulks of the world, like gaining two life is a real thing. Yeah, and that is certainly worth noting too. Like th- this was this was a thing back in the day. This is like one of the first things that made me feel smart. Where it's like, you know, life gain is good against red deck, right? Like that was just a thing, and then it was like play against like these goblin decks that are like goblin lackey and a siege gang and like maybe they have like goblin goon and stuff like that and people would be like oh this is a red deck that is trying to kill me therefore i will like side in these life gain cards and it's like no you can't you can't sideboard the same way against that deck than like the jackalpup deck right because they're just completely different and that is certainly worth noting too is just like are are you dying in chunks of 10 or chunks of three you know and Against one of them, Hardcast Renewed Faith actually does something. But yeah, this was this was like 2003 or something. I was I was a noob. A very different world back then. It, it was, man. Jackalpup. Now, now we have a hyena pack. No more Jackalpup. Sad day, but it's for the best, I think. Yeah, I agree. All right, how do you feel about cat snakes? Oh, this is the uh, un, our, uh, uncounterable one. Yeah, so Prowling Serpapard, 1GG, 4-3, creature cat snake obviously this can't be countered creature spells you control can't be countered so three mana three three at worst four, three. or four three sorry uh, i think cat snakes are really cool i think this card stinks i think it's fine for this to exist but it's not super relevant right now yeah it would need to be a four four for it to be like legit i think and, and i'm glad it's not a four four well like what, what do you want the card to be do you want it to be good just on rate and have this addition of like you know hating out one archetype or do you want it to be a card that potentially you lean to if you need help against that archetype? Or is this a thing for, you know, just more casual people? Uh, it's hard to say. I, I kind of think it's more, my opinion, more towards casual player. Your, your creatures just aren't getting countered that much. It's not really a thing. Like Yeah, your, your planeswalkers are getting countered. Like I guess Essence Scatter exists now, so maybe this is kind of just like a tie-in with that inclusion. But it's just not necessary for green decks to defend their creatures against counter magic. Yeah, and three mana four three is nothing too exciting, nothing to write home about. Fourth point of toughness is pretty important in a lot of different spots, but yeah, four three is just whatever. All right, what about Channeler Initiate? One G three four. Man, that's that's a really good rate, right? <laughs> when this enters the battlefield, put three minus one minus one counters on target creature you control. Tap, remove a minus one, minus one counter from channel or initiate. Add one mana of any color to your mana pool. So if you ding itself, it's a two mana 01. Use it for mana a little bit, and then it's just this giant beater. Or if you just want to clock them, you just kill your Eldrazi Scion or whatever and make a 3-4. Yeah, I think it's cool that this offers some more choices. Like, 
even outside of any potential minus counter synergy we see throughout this set and the next set, just the fact that you can like you know kind of upgrade so to speak your your one one token or whatever into this two mana three four is pretty pretty cool. But also it's just like a very good mana creature that you can play on turn two that slowly becomes like a creature later in the game once you accelerate it into your whatever. And mana of any color to your mana pool, like people were already playing Servant of the Conduit just kind of by itself. And this is certainly a way better version of that. Yeah, if you have zero energy, you know, sub-team or whatever, I, I do think this card is just better than Serpent of the Conduit, but... Yeah, I'm kind of interested of, like, the games where you're just, like, kind of sitting there and you're just, like, burning the counters and, like, not using the mana just to make it bigger. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely something that's going to happen. I mean, I think this card is just great. There's going to be situations where you would rather play Servant because you are playing, you know, a Tomb of Aether, Harness Lightning, etc. There are going to be situations where you'd rather play this card. Maybe you have a more, more of a theme-based synergy deck, maybe you're more aggressive. And I think there's also situations where, like, one of Servant and Channeler Initiate are going to serve as, like, mana creature 5 through 8. Yep, entirely possible. But this this is, like, a really clever design, too, where it's this early mana creature that also becomes a threat late. Like, I really like this. Yep, I agree. And then if you, if you top deck it super late, like you said, you can just kill off one of your smaller things or whatever, and you still draw a reasonable body, so... I am very happy this card exists. I'm not, you know, not super excited about playing it. I think I just want to attack people with Hazaret, but card's yeah. going to be good. I'm down with all that. This is a, a solid and clever mana creature that is not just a rehash of everything we've ever seen, so I like it. Anything else you want to talk about? There, mm -hmm. there are, like, still a lot of cards. I mean, there are, like, the Trials that are kind of interesting. I do like that cycle. It, it's, it's really hard to tell how good they are because you kind of have to, like, play these dirtily auras in your deck to accrue more value, but I think they're neat. Yeah. Crocodile uh, of the Crossing? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's just another thing. It's like, maybe these minus counters create some sort of theme that's legit, but hard to tell right now. Uh, I do think the monuments are interesting. It's a three-mana legendary artifact cycle that makes their respective creature spells cost one less, and then whenever you cast a creature spell, you get an effect. Uh, some are a little weaker than others, but... I think I like the red one. I was going to say the white one and the red one are the best, I think. Yeah. Uh, the red in particular, which is whenever you cast a creature spell, you rummage, discard a card, then draw a card, is potentially very interesting with all of the like cycling and or discard matters cards. You you are probably right that the white one is the best one, especially if it ends up being like this token theme where the, the front end are just normal creatures where you're actually getting the trigger from this and then you get to embalm to make another token. Yep, something that's potentially very powerful with uh, the blue-white two-drop. Yeah. Yeah, anything that you know has cost reduction on it is something worth taking a look at. So these cards look pretty innocent to me, but still potentially very powerful. I, I feel like these are the cards in the set that you were going to like backdoor into splicing three archetypes together. There's going to be like some artifact matters thing with like some blue thing, or not blue thing, but like creature thing, and you're also going to be taking advantage of the ability you know it's it's gonna be like some weirdo you're gonna build some weird decks with these i'm gonna try but three mana artifacts that have no immediate impact on the battlefield that are legendary you know that's they're they're making sure these are fine i think yeah three mana is always that that spot where it's like that's the clunky spot but turning your one mana creatures into or excuse me your two mana creatures into one mana creatures is, is a big deal what what sort of deck can we build with either one of these right we're like what what cards really benefit from having these? Uh, it's, it's, it's hard to say right now, but I agree with you that the maybe not the best, but the highest ceiling is the Red Monument. Just being able to like you know rip through your deck and maybe also trigger incidental stuff like the Archfiend is potentially powerful. Get, get your Drake Haven on. Oh yeah, your your Red Creature spell. <laughs> oh, it's that? it's any creature spell. Okay, it is. That's nice. Yeah, you can blend that in your Prized Amalgam Haunted Dead deck. Oh yeah, yeah. Maybe maybe that's another deck that might get a little bit better. I mean, it it definitely appears to have several tools, but you know, it's hard to say. Yeah, I mean, ev everything else is also getting better. There's also some graveyard hate now, so we'll see. Overall, man, I'm I'm pretty happy. Yeah, we me too. We have like a lot of good tools for fighting things that existed previously. We have a couple new cards that I'm pretty excited to build around. We have some cards that are just like pseudo upgrades for things that existed already. So, so this, this is kind of checking all the boxes for me. Yep. Agreed. And we're only about halfway through. Is that correct? Yeah. And I think... Well, 80 out of 269. 
And we're not too deep on like mythics either, I think. I think we've only seen three, which is what how many are there? Twelve? Fifteen? I think we have four, because there's uh this relentless assault thing. Oh, I don't even know what that is. Uh two R four one. If this hasn't been exerted this turn, you may exert it as it attacks, and when you do, untap all of the creatures you control, and after this phase there's an additional combat phase. Dude, that sounds fun. Yeah, that card's probably pretty good. Yeah, so I don't know. Still a ways to go, but pretty excited. Oh, about. dude, dude, dude. Yeah. There's a there's a nickel bolus we haven't seen yet. Nickel bolus got printed? No, well, it's going to, right? Well, oh, oh, yeah, sorry. I thought you meant, like, you just realized it got spoiled. Oh, no, 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 no. But I'm saying, like, that is a card that is coming, which is definitely going to do something, right? Yes. I, I mean, I guess it's possible it's in the second set. I don't know. How do you do, like, dark intimations or whatever into no nickel bolus? I mean, I am inclined to agree, but they did it with Emrakul, so... Hmm. I don't like it. I want it now. Maybe they'll just make, like, two types of nickel bowls. But oh, God. These, like, supposed to be, like, the God King, right? So he can be, like, a god and a planeswalker. I don't know if that's a thing, but who knows. Oh, uh, new split card things went up. We have Cut and Ribbons, a red-black split card, like, aftermath card. So cut is 1R, deal 4 damage to target creature, sorcery, which is awesome. Yeah. And ribbons is XBB, sorcery, uh, each opponent loses X life. And that's the ver- that, that's the card that can be cast from your graveyard only? Yeah. So is is that good in our <laughs> our red-black aggro deck? I mean, I kind of think so. It's like kind of a bad split card, Mizzeomorph, Profane Command. Yeah. You're, you were certainly interested in playing, like, a Flame Slash, like, early on in most games of Magic these days, and having that option as a, a big Mana Sink finisher is pretty sweet. And you're going to have a lot of ways to discard it, so if you just want a Fireball, cool. Yeah, I mean, I think that's, like, a, a very well-balanced power level kind of card. So I'm trying, to, I'm trying to read these by, like, turning my head to look <laughs> at my monitor. It's not really working. No, nah, I, I, I kind of suspected that wouldn't be the case, yeah. Yeah, some of these are some of these are pretty good. Maybe we'll save them for next week. All right. Yeah, sounds good. I think we we covered an adequate number or amount of ground, and we gave two new cards to the people. Oh man, it makes me so happy. It should. I I, I appreciate getting preview cards so much, man. You have no idea. Yeah, it's awesome. You got anything else for me, or would you say that is a particular three letter word? Well, is it is it a three letter word or a four letter word? I don't know. A three letter acronym, I guess. Yeah, I'm I'm confused. Why don't you just tell me what the word is? No, no, I think you should. That's game. <laughs>